It has been two weeks since we've talked about all that's going on with NXT. And as we look at last night's episode, plus the news floating around, we can see the preparations are being made for some very major changes. I'm Ryan Joy and I run MinutesToBellTime.com, website, database, track pro wrestling around the world. On today's show, we're talking about all the changes coming to NXT, the logo, the vibe, the talent. Our NXT guru, John Smith, is in the house. We have headlines from the last 24 hours in segment two. And this is the Daily Wrestling News Show for September 8th, 2021, where we sort through all the bullshit in wrestling news to find you the truth. John Smith, welcome to the show. How you doing today, man? Hey, very good. Very good. It's a good day to talk about some wrestling. Yeah, happy to be here. Happy to be here. I just went to my first independent wrestling show this past weekend, actually. Uh, that's right. Yes. And you saw all kinds of people. It was like, it was more like an alumni show, it sounded like. <laughs> yeah. And Snitsky made an appearance. Maven was there. I got to see, um, who was it? Uh, Lil Guido versus Danny Doring. That was a fun match. They sat down in the crowd and started an ECW chant with the crowd. That was nice. pretty cool. Yeah, besides that, there was a $10,000 body slam challenge, but it wasn't Big John Stud. It was Big Sean Stud. That's John's son, right? Uh, allegedly. I, I, I wasn't sure if that was his actual son or if that was his gimmick. Yep, I think so. Okay. Seeing him around the, the Indies for years, actually. Let's get into NXT because, man, there's a lot going on. And, John, you and I have not even had a chance to talk about the new logo. I think we can say that last night was the end of the black and gold and that as of next week, I think we're going to be seeing the paint splatter brand. So uh, I don't know. They have the raw, they have the red brand, the blue brand, and they, I guess they called it maybe the black and gold brand or the gold brand or whatever. Thoughts on what they might call this? I don't know, man. I just like. You talked to me off a ledge a little bit before the show when you told me that Vince and Bruce Pritchard aren't taking over like every single aspect of the show. Yesterday when I was watching it was I was I felt like I was watching like the last ECW show back in the day. I had the same kind of feelings like all oh, this is I hope it doesn't go to the point where it's like comparatively like how the new ECW was compared to the old one. I hope that's not the case here. I hope that things pretty much stay the course. We'll see. Yeah, John just brought up the Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard rumors that have been going around. So there's a lot of those. And the rumor that was going around is that Vince and Bruce are going to be doing all the producing and running the NXT show. And I'm here to say that's not true. That is BS. Uh, that's been confirmed by multiple other news outlets. But the one caveat to that is that Dave Meltzer has said that they will be working on some of the top programs. So that was the, that's the caveat. It's probably what people heard and then ran with that. They're going to be producing the entire thing. And then after that news all came out, then the confirmation started coming in that, oh no, it's not that they're going to be all over the show. It's that they're going to work on some of the top programs. I would, John, I think that it's probably one of these things. They're going to identify a project on NXT and they're going to be involved in that projects looking maybe they're learning from how the carrying cross thing happened because we all expect cross to be a certain way because of how he was booked in nxt and then vince wants him a different way up on the main roster and maybe they want to say in 
in what happens in their last couple programs before they hit the main roster. So if that's the case, I'm fine with it. Like as long as Triple H is still booking it and has a major hand in it, then I'll still be NXT through and through. Yeah, it's like if we're going to debut him on the main roster as the Super Shredder, let's start that in NXT. That Kevin Nash was Super Shredder, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. So there's a whole line here. Maybe Kevin Nash was involved in carrying across his main roster for you. And their their middle names are Pain and Destruction, too. <laughs> All right, a couple of other things to talk about. When we talk about NXT, we have the new logo, the new vibe. Everything's supposed to relaunch next week. And it seems like everybody knows that this whole new rebrand and relaunch is happening next week. And I think on account of that, they're putting out a show that they think people will want to come watch next week to see everything. So all this new stuff coming out and, oh, by the way, please do tune in next week. We have a women's world championship match, Frankie Monet versus Raquel Gonzalez, which I think a lot of people are going to be very interested in. Uh, and it comes off a very little build, but we've got it. We have a big wedding of Dexter Loomis and, and Indy Hardwell that have been built for, I don't know, six months. And then we have a fatal four-way match that includes probably the four top wrestlers on NXT right now, Ciampa, Pete Dunne, uh, LA Knight, and Kyle Arlick. Maybe LA Knight's not in that top section, but he's no. certainly over. When it comes to that women's match, I could see them swerving us and giving it to Frankie Monet. Like Raquel's made a statement already, and with Frankie having a couple lackeys by her side, it could totally be plausible that she walks away with that belt and Raquel doesn't look weak at all. Uh, you know what? A hundred percent. And I have been looking at the NXT women's division and I'm like, based on the new edicts coming down from the main roster, why haven't they pulled up Raquel? Because she fits the bill. She's tall. She's good. She's powerful. I don't think she'll, I think she'll fit right in on the main roster. There hasn't been a, a ton of depth of character, but I'm sure they could figure something out immediately. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if they switch and they call her up right away because they make a change is really fast now in the past i would see somebody get hot on nxt and even if they looked like they'd be good for the main roster it seemed like they had to do a tour of duty that would last forever now i don't think that's the case i think that if they want somebody they're pulling them up right now yeah they could maybe pull her up to go with Damian priest for a little bit do a little latino thing just to get them involved get her involved in something and then they could break her off from there maybe yeah, you're right. And I think there's a lot of focus on Damian Priest because they want to build him up as a big star just to fan those flames. You're right. That would, you'd have a, a two person stable that's, that does really well. So yeah, I could see that. So we have this big show next week, the rebranding, the new logo and everything that's supposed to be coming out next week. We know Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon, but they might be there next week, but they're not going to be there every single week in and out of everything. But we are seeing new characters debut and not that they're completely brand new, right? Like we know Kaylee Ray. She was on the show last night. We know her from NXT UK. She's been kind of making her statements. She had her debut match last night against Ember Moon. Got a W. Ember Moon says, I'm changing. I'm going to be doing something else. So stay tuned. So we're going to get an Ember Moon revamp in this whole thing. And then. You have Brutus Creed and Julius Creed, and then Mei Ying all having debut matches last night. So Mei Ying, she's been at the background for a long time. She finally gets in there for her first match. And then you got Julius and Brutus Creed, which are 
two amateur wrestlers. I think that they're looking for the next Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle. So they got an amateur wrestler. They're going to sign him. Hey, I'll take, I'll take the next uh, world's greatest tag team. We don't need that. I think, uh, that didn't they just sign Gable Stevenson? I think is his name, yes. the gold medalist. Yep. So I think they're hoping he's going to be the next angle or Brock eventually. Yeah, you're right. They just, they did just sign Gable Stevenson to a contract. I don't know what the terms of that contract are, if he'll go through developmental or if they feel like he's a big star and they'll put him right on the main roster right away. Kurt Angle came onto the business really fast. And Brock Lesnar, he did too, but he did his time in developmental. It was different than it was OBW. But I think they're scouting the, well, we know because Nick Khan said in an interview not that long ago that they're not looking at independent wrestlers anymore. They're looking at other things, other athletes and whatnot. So it's not surprising that they're going after the amateur wrestlers and, and those guys, and they're going to start pushing them. Yeah. Maybe they'll trade them for the next few months and then debut them at rumble or something. Yeah. I could see them doing that. Yep. Okay. So then that brings me to Adam Cole. Baby. <laughs> Can't not say it. So he debuted with AEW and I, and it makes me think, okay, what does that mean for NXT? Will others follow him? John, do you have a, do you have a thought on this? I know you were really high. You thought that they were going to keep Adam Cole, that they weren't there. Yeah, I think that was just wishful thinking more than anything. And I, like I said, I think they would be dumb to let him go. And I think they are dumb to let him go. Mm -hmm. You know, he's, he's money and he's young. And just because he's, he doesn't fit the mold of the, the body type you're looking for, you let him go and he can talk better than anybody. Nobody's better than him at talking. I'll say that he might be on the same level as other people, but nobody talks better than him. And it broke my heart to see him like uh, when he came out. That was like a jaw, jaw dropping moment for me on Sunday night. And it broke my heart to see like an NXT's best guy basically get plucked away. And in the media scrum afterwards, Adam Cole talked about, he had a great experience there. He didn't say anything bad about WWE or NXT in, in that regard. So he's a professional for sure. But it makes me wonder, he did talk about how important the Kyle O'Reilly feud was and how, how much of a friend Kyle O'Reilly is. He says he's like his best friend. And it makes me wonder, are other people going to follow? Is this just because Adam Cole's like a leader, right? He's, you just, just laid it out there. He was, he's the, like one of the best talkers. He had led the brand for a very long time. He is very longest reigning champion. Are other people going to see what Adam Cole did and say the grass is good? At what point are there too many people there? Did he, sure. we all feel, we make jokes about it now, mm -hmm. but at what point it's not like every single person can go over there. They got to start either letting people go. Or have another, like a, another three hour show a week or something. Once after Sunday happened, my first thought was AEW is in the best position they could possibly be in to move to Monday nights and actually start a real war with WWE. Yeah, they could. The interesting thing about that is that Tony Khan refuses to go against the NFL. So he won't go to Mondays. <laughs> Yeah. Does that mean he's not going to put any pay-per-views on Sunday nights either because there's Sunday night football? That could just be a cop-out of an answer. It, it could be. However, I will say that the only Sundays he does is Labor Day and Memorial Day. The other two are Saturdays. But he tries to avoid Saturday with big fights and stuff with UFC and stuff. They only do four a year. So he has that benefit of not even having to make that choice at the moment. But going up against the NFL, like people hate Monday night football usually anyway because... 
you know, maybe the first few games of the year are good, but by the time you get to mid-season, it's like two scrub teams that they thought were going to be good, so they put it on Monday night. Sure. So you rarely get a good Monday night game anymore. You know, unless it has to do with his father being an NFL owner, and he doesn't want to... Yeah, if that's the reason, then I, I think it's still a cop-out. If they want to... If they want a real war, they got to move to Monday nights at some point. Well, hey, I would, it could be the Vince loves his first ever. Like, could you sometimes in the back of your head, can you hear him say, this is the first ever Wednesday night raw. <laughs> could you maybe Vince moves there? Vince moves till Wednesdays. Wow. <laughs> or Wednesday night Smackdown. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, the other thing I wanted to mention, and it, it, it relates to adam cole it doesn't necessarily relate to nxt but it came out in the news yesterday that kevin owens contract expires january 31st 2022 and this surprised a lot of people because everybody thought based on thing comments that kevin had made that his contract was actually going out to 2023 but there was a restructuring of contracts and kevin owens is just one of many but he's the only person that's been identified at this point there was a restructuring of contracts shortly after the NBC and Fox deals were signed before the pandemic. And as part of that restructuring, Kevin Owens' deal was shortened to expire at the end of January of next year. Further to this, on Tuesday, Owens posted and then subsequently deleted a tweet. The tweet was just coordinates of Mount Rushmore which just so happens to be a faction that he had with Adam Cole and the Young Bucks in PWG. That was, so the whole thing about the contract that was reported by Fightful, confirmed by the Wrestling Observer, the whole thing about the Mount Rushmore thing, that happened. So it's, it's Kevin Owens just fanning the flames. So like Adam Cole's in the news story. So I'm just going to pile on and look at myself in there say something I'm not supposed to say. Type of thing. I was going to say where there, where there's smoke, there's fire, especially when it comes to Kevin Owens, he's one of the smartest guys in the business. I would venture to say, so I don't think he does anything by mistake. And I think he posted that knowing he was going to delete it. Yeah. And that's another guy they would be stupid to get rid of. And cause he's just on the same level as Adam Cole, as far as the talking is concerned and his in-ring work speaks for itself. That's, that's another guy they shouldn't let go. Any, uh, now that Cole's gone and Daniel Bryan is there, like CM Punk, all right, they parted ways a bit in a bit of way, but Cole and Daniel Bryan being there, anybody can end up there now. Yeah. It's an interesting time. I think we're going to be talking about contracts for the next, I don't know how many, for years now. And it seems like everybody's contract is coming due and it's going to be a huge, it's great for the wrestlers, especially if you're a top guy, if you're a top guy, like, oh, Kevin Owens, he's either going to get a heck of a deal from WWE or he's going to get a heck of a deal from AEW. There's no, like, he's definitely getting a raise, right? There's not like there, he's not going to get paid for the contract that takes him into his forties. Right. You know? Another little NXT story that broke yesterday, and it's, it again has to deal with people that were, that are no longer with NXT. Jake Atlas and Tyler Rust, who was Rust Tyler or Rust Taylor, Rust, Rust Tyler in NXT. They were both signed to a match for this Sunday's pay-per-view with Ring of Honor. So two NXT castaways. Neither one of them really made it very big in NXT, but Russ Taylor was working at ROH right before 
He got signed to NXT and Jake Atlas is an indie darling. So those two guys, we'll see, we can see them compete against each other this Sunday. So it's good. It's good when people can do things after that long effort. If you're one of the 57 that have been released this year. Yeah. I was curious to see what Tyler Russ really added and they, they let him go too quick. Yeah. We really didn't get to see any big matches from him and he was all over that new Japan strong show, even well after he got signed with WWE, because that was taped so far in advance. So he was on NXT and New Japan in the same week sometimes, but he was also part of the Ring of Honor Pure Rules tournament that they did last, my God, last fall. So he, he's got a reputation around and hopefully we get to see him actually do some work because we really didn't get to see much of that. John Ducati chiming in from YouTube says that they signed Gable Stevenson recently and brother Bobby is already at the PC. Yes, that's true. Bobby's already been working down there in developmental. Gable Stevenson, the bigger star too. Certified hustler, just wishing us Wednesday morning. Uh, happy Wednesday morning. <laughs> you said when you make it to Wednesday morning. Finally, I guess the one more thing in the, in the going on in the universe regarding WWE is Mick Foley went to Twitter and he posted a video that he titled WWE, we've got a prop. So. Here's what he said. And then John, I'd like to get your take on, on what he said. He said, hello, this is the hardcore legend, Mick Foley. I'd like to title this video, WWE, we have a problem because I think you do. And that problem is that WWE is no longer the place for talent to aspire to. Part of it is because AEW is doing a great job of attracting great talent, proven talent, building other talent, creating storylines. But part of it is a problem of your own making. I think younger talent sees the way that developmental characters are cut or left by the wayside, or in the case of Carried Cross, greatly watered down and even made a joke of when they debut on the main roster. It's not broke. Don't fix it. If I was an aspiring talent now, big league talent with a major decision to make, I'm not sure that I would trust WWE Creative to do the right thing with my career. You guys did wonders with me back in the day. That was a different time, different place. If it was today, I'm not sure I would trust the powers to be with my career in their hands. And until that changes, WWE, you've got a problem. John, sort of an indictment of what's going on with the main roster and creative and such. Your thoughts? Yeah, there's not much I could disagree with there. Just how could you want to work for somebody that just throwing people away like real quick? It's a, it's not the way it used to be where, yeah, they were always cutting people and hiring new people, but it seems like they're making, you know, hastier decisions now and we're cycling through the young people way too quickly, like Tyler Russell, we were just saying. Yep. Um, yeah. If you're an aspiring talent, AEW does sound like it's the, the better, the best place to go, but it's so clogged up now with huge names, but go to impact, make a name for yourself there. And then hopefully when you make it to AEW, you can go the route of Ethan Page where he's got TV time. He's not one of the main names, but at least he's on the main show. Absolutely. So I got to let you know, John, that in the comments, your Nintendo boxes have gotten over. Certified. Thank you. He says he'll give you a hundred dollars for that Nintendo box. If it's got the game in it, he wants to flip it. <laughs> and he's serious. <laughs> so, well, if he's talking about the Nintendo box behind me, like the original Nintendo box, I would want a lot more than a hundred dollars for that thing. That's the original <laughs> box that I got when I was like four years old. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think it's a no deal. All right. I, I agree with you on the whole Mick Foley thing. I think I, I actually give Mick Foley a lot of credit because he does do this stuff on occasion. And he also pays compliments when they're due. And I think this is something that probably a lot of people were thinking, but nobody said it quite as eloquently as Mick Foley. And I don't think that Vince McMahon is going to see this message from Mick. Maybe somebody will tell him about it. Maybe. But like I said, like you said, there's not much you can argue with there. And hopefully that changes. And if the pressure gets put on, it will change. But man, with a conglomerate like WWE, it's really hard to put pressure on them because they've got these television deals and they've got this, they've got the Saudi Arabia deal. Even they've got, they're not worried about the financial implications of a company, AEW, even taking over the ratings. I don't think if they started hitting their ratings on Monday and Friday nights, if they were competing with them, I think it might be a different story. As far as like views and like clicks and stuff like that, they don't care if AEW's getting as much as they are, as long as it's not impeding on their own. Yeah. And even the ratings, let's just say that AEW beats, starts beating Raw, because that's really the, the measure. If Raw is at 2 million and AEW is at 2.1 million, they're both just going to be really well positioned to get good contracts next time they come around. Now, if AEW is 2 million and Raw drops to 1 million, that's a different story, right? Because that's going to impact their bottom line. Right. But I think as long as we're not, and you were alluding to it earlier, like the whole Monday Night War thing, if they don't get in a situation where they're competing head to head, I think it's going to be a long time before we see that situation happen. All right. That said, we are going to take a short break. When we get back, we've got headlines, including we're going to talk about what's going on with Extreme Rules later this month. So stick with us. We'll be right back if you love the daily wrestling news show then i want to tell you how you can support us first check out bodyslamclothes.com you can get a variety of shirts for just 20 dollars, and all of them come in the super soft style and the price you see includes all sizes and shipping get 10 percent off two or more shirts with the promo code shirts 10 go to bodyslamclothes.com right now to check it out and join Joey Jarzenka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca on Monday nights for the Primetime Rundown. They take you through the world of sports, and the show kicks off each Monday at 7 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And each Tuesday, Al Carl hosts the Essential Wrestling Podcast alongside John Smith, myself, John DeConi, and Gary Mahaffey. It's another week of updates and highlights in the world of wrestling. Here are our analysis on who we think is going to win the week's matches. Coverage begins at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And Pro Wrestling Pick'em. It's a place where you can join or host a Pick'em League to test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling. Create an account and join a league now at ProWrestlingPick'em.com so you can play against your friends or play against the universe. And the Body Slam Brigade newsletter, currently going out to over 4,200 people each Friday. It consolidates all the top stories in professional wrestling into a quick-to-read email written by me for you for free. Sign up now at bodyslambrigade.com. And of course, this show, the Daily Wrestling News Show. We're here every day, Monday through Thursday, and occasionally on Friday. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or watch us live on Facebook and YouTube at 10 a.m. This is the Daily Wrestling News Show, and we thank you for your support. Right, here we go. And John, the comments throughout the commercial have continued to roll. The certified hustler is saying, Ryan, you look like Hunter Hearst Helmsley, right? <laughs> it's not the first time I've actually heard that, uh, but it is, it's weird. I don't have his muscle finition. 
<laughs> but that gives me something to aspire to. Right? And he actually continued to make some points with the roster getting clogged up. Don't you think some of the other names like Hangman Page, Dark Order, even John Moxley are going to get start to get pushed down the cart? But in the same note, he mentioned that the we're going to see some of these people wrestle at different places. And I think once the world really truly opens up and some of these guys could go to Mexico and New Japan, things like that, I think that'll start, will start happening. So those people will still get their reps in. I do think there's something to the fact that people are going to take time off a lot of time off. Mm -hmm. Um, they might work a dark match each week, which is about three minutes. You just keep, you know, ring rest off, but they only have their big profile matches every you know, once a month or something like that. Yeah, I don't see Moxley get pushed down the card at all, but the Hangman, I can see getting lost in the mix, unfortunately. Yeah, I think, man, he's off TV right now because he's having a kid. When he comes back, the crowd's going to be electric for him, and we'll see what happens with him. I, I gotta be, He's got to be the guy that goes against the elite. Like, he's yes. got to be the, the one that the crowd gets behind, like, more so than Daniel Bryan. Imagine the situation of... Hangman Page making his return and he starts to go to battle against the elite. And on his right, he's got Daniel Bryan. And on his left, he's got Christian Cage. That Adam Cole's top guy. <laughs> you know, or uh, Adam Page is the top guy. <laughs> yep. Okay. Let's transition to talk about, we've been talking about AEW so much in the last couple of shows. We haven't had a chance to sit down and talk about what's going on with WWE. And there is a bit of stuff going on. So Extreme Rules is coming up this month. It's pay-per-view. We've got four matches for it so far. They're all title matches. We've got the Becky Lynch versus Bianca return match from SummerSlam, although the SummerSlam match wasn't much of a match, but it was a title change. So we've got that match coming up. Damian Priest versus Shanks. It's another SummerSlam rematch. Charlotte Flair versus Alexa Bliss. That's a new match. And then Randy Orton versus Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship. And John, before the show, I, I put to you, I said, Randy Orton might be the guy that they're pushing for that spot to take over rick flair's mantra of the 16 time maybe randy orton's going to be the 17 time guy because john cena's part-timer randy orton based on his way style he works and everything like that he's got years to go and he's good for a quick quick change maybe he would carry the belt for a couple months this latter part of the year get them through survivor series so they don't have to do roman versus bobby i <laughs> Randy's growed on me over the years. I hated Randy Orton when he first came in. Yeah. And then I stopped watching wrestling in like the mid 2000s for a little while. When I came back, he was all tatted up and he had this, this song I hear. I was like, this isn't the same guy. Who was he trying to be? And I still hated him. And now like he's grown on me over the past 10 years or so. And I love him, man. So yeah, if you want to throw the title on somebody for a few months, he's the guy to do it. If you want somebody to hit 17 championships, he's definitely the guy to do it. You know, other than Cena, but like Randy has shown that he's WWE for life, like the undertaker where they, he's not going to get rewarded with a streak or anything, but maybe give him that 17, uh, that 17 title ring that I could see that happening. I want, personally, I'm going to see Bobby and Roman keep it till SummerSlam because I'd love to see the two of them go at it. But yeah, if you don't want to do that, Randy Orton's the next best thing. You mean a uh, survivor series, right? That's what did I say? SummerSlam? Yeah, you said SummerSlam. Yeah, and Survivors. Yeah, you're right. I'd love to see that too. But the Survivor Series match, it to me, because the titles aren't on the line, it's not like a unification or anything like that. It feels like 
one champion is going to come out less than the way he came in. So right. part of me says, what would be cool is if like Bobby entered the Royal Rumble and won it and then went challenged Roman and then maybe he lost or something like that, but there's some way to make sure that the person is on the upswing and then you have to somehow have to protect them, but that's extreme rules so far. And the funny thing is, as far as I know, there's nothing extreme about any of these matches. None of them are tables, ladders, chairs, cage, hell in a cell, ladder. Um, well, we still got three weeks for them to add all the stipulations. I'm excited to see Charlotte versus Alexa Bliss, actually, because that's a match I don't think we've ever... When Alexa was doing all her title reigns when she first came up, she was on SmackDown and Charlotte was on Raw, and then they flip-flopped them and and Charlotte was on SmackDown. Bliss was on Raw winning championships, right? They never really crossed paths. Maybe they locked up in a couple of matches or something, but we never got a feud yeah, I wonder if it also it would if it would be a, some sort of funky cinematic thing at this point with the way Alexa is going. Bob. Yeah, Alexa's playground match, the Firefly Funhouse match. Yeah, and I'm I'm, just, I'm thinking that way only because it's Extreme Rules and they, you know, cash in on that character a bit. But yeah, now that they have a crowd though, like it's tough to make somebody watch sit there and watch a screen when they're lot when they're sitting in an arena. Yeah. Take the air out of the crowd. I did it when I went to Josiah Severance. This Travis's brother says, Miz and Morrison in a dipstick match. <laughs> I think he dripped it. I know the dipstick part was funny. <laughs> Miz is a dipstick. All right. With extreme rules, this is happening. Next month is Halloween. So we're going to have a haunted feel to everything as we get into the, into the October month. And October 5th, a new film is going to hit Netflix called Escape the Undertaker. The premise of the film is that the New Day will be locked inside the Undertaker's supernatural mansion trying to escape. And it will be a choose-your-own-adventure-style movie on Netflix. These exist on Netflix. I have never done one. But the concept is basically you are watching the movie and you get a prompt. And it's you choose whether the New Day goes up the stairs or through the door. And that determines what happens next in the movie. So fun. It's also kind of corny. So we'll see how it goes. I, I think I remember video games being like that on those giant CDs back in like the early nineties. And it was like live action and it was real terrible. And like Sega CD had it also where it was like live action and you had to tell them what to do. I, but I think the new day will, will do awesome with this. I, I, I think my son would have a great time with it. I, I plan on doing that with him, actually. Yeah, I, it feels like it's marketed towards kids, right? Because the New Day will be very camp. It'll be a very campy type feel as they go into the supernatural mansion of the Undertaker. And I'm sure we get we get the Undertaker at the end of it all. So yeah. it'll be cool to see him do something that, in character again. Probably the Undertaker as this misunderstood villain type of thing, explaining how the whatever the moral of the story is. If maybe maybe a cameo by Kane is the see no evil like that, and then you get your eyes ripped. If you're not doing that this time, Netflix, we've given you an idea for the sequel. WWE is releasing a documentary. These have been in short supply as of late, but they've got a documentary coming out this Friday. It's called Never Forget WWE Returns After 9-11. It debuts on Peacock. The documentary will tell the tale of WWE SmackDown running two days after September 11th attacks in 2001. It will air on the 20-year anniversary of the attack. We'll see Kurt Angle from Boston and Edge all on their show. 
Yeah, I, I remember seeing that show live. It was a very emotional crowd that day. It was crazy. Yeah. Al Carl coming in with the stat we were missing. 2017 Survivor Series champion versus champion match. Charlotte Flair defeated Alexa Bliss. Okay. So they've wrestled before, but we'll see it again. I always said that Charlotte Flair wishes she was Alexa Bliss. Like Alexa Bliss is what Charlotte Flair is supposed to be in Vince McMahon's eyes. And that's why he always kept them apart. I Cause Alexa will outshine her. But now Alexa's got this whole like weirdo gimmick. So it's not like they're the same little cute blondes competing against each other. It's Charlotte has the wrestling and, and Bliss has the character, the deep character work. I think that's how I would. Yeah, Alexa can play the heel real well. Not, not as like this new thing. I'm saying in general, just she can work a crowd and yeah. Yep. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, SmackDown this Friday is the big Madison Square Garden show. Bianca Belair and Becky will have a contract signing. Rollins versus Edge 2. That's another SummerSlam rematch. Brock Lesnar will be there and John Cena will be there, but we won't see him on television as far as I know. It's only for a dark match. So. They got to give us something with them. They at least him work the crowd on camera or do something backstage. Yeah. Why have them there? If you're not going to use them, I, I totally agree, but it happened many times over the summer of Cena that he was there and he, they didn't use them. So maybe that changes this time. Hopefully so. It's a big, it's a big show. If they announce John Cena will be on it, more people will watch it. I think so. Mm-hmm. Okay, that said, John, we have Dynamite be tonight. It's coming from Cincinnati, the home of John Moxley. He's facing off against Minoru Suzuki. Malachi Black will face Dustin Rose, uh, Dustin Rhodes. Ruby Soho will face Jamie Hayter. We have the aftermath of All Out. So, should be a good show, but it's a kind of, I'm taken aback. Usually, Dynamite, they have about six matches announced ahead of time. Only three this week. I think it's, they were going to have a bunch of interviews because you got yeah, Nicole and Daniel Bryan that have to say something. I could see the whole first half hour being the elite, then, or Adam Cole first, then the elite comes out to celebrate with them. Then Daniel, Brian Danielson, that's going to take me a while to, call him, to start calling Brian Danielson. And he that's comes out. I could see them doing the whole first half hour without any physicality whatsoever. And you know what? This, I think this is the most must-see dynamite that we've had in a while. I'm really looking forward to it. Typically, I, I watch after the fact and fast-forward some stuff, but I'll be, definitely be watching tonight. I think that's what they're going for. I mentioned on yesterday's show that a lot of people tuned into All Out as the first thing they ever saw in AEW. They were intrigued by the CM Punk thing. So people watched All Out for the first time. They stayed for the whole show. They saw Adam Cole and Daniel Bryan at the end and they're like, oh, I got to watch Wednesday. So they may have acquired new fans for their weekly show. So we, yeah, I would not be surprised if they got an extra like 200,000 people over what they were getting, even with CF Punk. Yep. The other thing is AEW is heading to the new UBS arena in Long Island, New York on December 8th. That came out yesterday. I think the on sale for that is tomorrow. So WWE is running that building first though i think they're there november so that said john anything you want to tell the people any words of advice i do have another uh, fantasy football word of advice and this is for all the people that think it's a good idea to trade their first round picks for next year 
I've done it the past two years and it did not work out for me. And now this year, my team is really but ugly because last year I was able to squeak into the playoffs because I had a couple late round keepers that did well for me. But this year, my two keepers were in the second and fifth round. I had no first round pick. So I had a third round, a fifth round, a sixth round were my first three picks. And my team is really suffering for it to the back where I had to pick Tom Brady and I hate Tom Brady. But I had to pick him. He still plays. Jeez. He's still. He's, I thought you were being serious for a second. I know you don't really watch football, but <laughs> no, you're not that out of touch. Stop trading your future draft picks. Unless you're in a dynasty league. Then all bets are off because you're keeping your same roster year to year. But like start off fresh the next year. And then all of a sudden, like I could have had Ezekiel Elliott as my number one running back. Had I not traded away my first round pick last year. This has been your fantasy football segment of the show. Sorry, guys. I know you're not here for that. Uh, you know what? Some people might be. Some people might be in some league with their sports friends and they have to, have to get some pro tips. Yeah, they fast forward to the end just for my words of advice. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's it for John. I'm Ryan. We'll be back with a new show, another show tomorrow. John DeCarney will be here. We'll be going through all the rumors and everything. Definitely check us out tomorrow. Until then, see you next time.